Now, let's see, Jimmy. Um, here's the balance of 1934, Stambul Quest, Have a Heart, and Biography of a Bachelor Girl. And in 35, The Night is Young, Mark of the Vampire, Flame Within, O'Shaughnessy's Boy, Three Live Ghosts. Then in 36, it looks as if you must have taken another vacation or something, or did you go to England? Because I only have one credit for the entire year. Oh, now. That's Whipsaw. Right after Whipsaw, that was with Sam Wood directing. Mm -hmm. Spencer right Tracy, yes. I went to England. You see, there was a strike in there someplace in between. And um, although uh, it didn't affect me so much, as I finally got back. But after that strike, my contract expired uh, at MGM. Uh, that's when I went to, in 36, that's right, I went to England, William K. Howard. Mm -hmm. uh, to do a film for Eric Palmer at London Films called uh, Fire, Over Fire Over England. Yeah. That's right. Um, then I did oh, another one there for Mr. Palmer called Troop Ship. Then I finished the Under the Red Robe. Mm -hmm. that, was, that made my 1936. I got back here uh, in early, I think, 1937. And I went with Selznick, Mr. David Selznick, engaged me for uh, uh, some work, and I did uh, The Prison of Zender and Tom Sawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, I did two films, and then I went, uh, did a film with uh, Walter Winger uh, called uh, Algiers. Algiers, yes, with Mr. Cromwell, Charles Boyage, and Hedy Lamar. After Algiers, and I Excuse signed me, up... Excuse Jimmy. Yes. We have a print of Algiers at the house. I wonder if you'd say a little about that. Is it true that they worked very closely from the French version, Pepe Lamoco? Uh, Pepe Lamoco. Yes, they did. Mr. Cromwell and Mr. Winger did work, work very close to Pepe Lamoco, mm -hmm. although I hadn't seen the film uh, from uh, photographically. No. Uh, they wanted me to see it, and I, I said I didn't want to see it because I was afraid it might influence me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do my film the way I <laughs> visualize it. So I didn't see the Pepe Lamoco until after I had finished the film. Mm -hmm. I might say that uh, the original was very good and much better in some ways than mine. <laughs> they had quite a, a, a realistic feeling where uh, I couldn't get out of this uh, very well. Uh, I missed on some of it. Mm -hmm. I had more of a pictorial feeling. Yes, it's more romantic. Yes, romantic. And they caught the... Uh, the real documentary yeah. type of feeling. It was very good. Um, uh, did, was there anything that you wanted to say about Fire Over England? I've always been particularly fond of that film. Well, Fire Over England, I enjoyed working on it. Uh, working over the British studios, it was quite uh, different. Although when you go into a stage and you close the doors and you once get into action, yeah, you, you you hardly know that you were in a foreign country only from the British accent and the new faces. Mm -hmm. uh, they have their little methods of their ways and I had to learn to uh, adapt myself to their tempo and it was very nice having that tea break around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, 10 or 15 minutes and it was quite uh, worthwhile. I, I Now we have our coffee breaks over here and 
I think it gives a, a one uh, relaxing for 15 minutes. Vivian was very new to pictures. Vivian, I think that was her first important film. Now, this is something very interesting. I don't know whether I had any uh, thing to do with this or whether uh, my suggestions. I remember Mr. Howard and Mr. Uh, uh, Selznick Myron, who was the agent for Mr. Howard. Uh, they were busy one day and talking and I was there and evidently they wanted me out of the room so Mr. Howard said look Jimmy we haven't found a leading lady yet uh, would you go and find a leading lady for us and that meant for me I think he wanted me to go out to leave the room you see yeah. in a nice way so I did I went out walking around and I happened to uh, be walking up around Piccadilly Square Circus and I ran into a newspaper man his name was Paul Holt of the Daily London Express. Mm -hmm. He said, what are you doing up here, Jimmy? I said, well, I'm out <laughs> looking for a leading lady for Fire Over England. He said, well, you won't find her here. He said, I'm going over to Henry Sherrick's apartment. Would you come with me there? Uh, I'd like to have you meet him. So I went over, met Mr. Sherrick, and he says, you know, uh, Henry, he said, they're looking for a leading woman for Fire Over England. And I saw Jimmy up in Piccadilly, and I didn't think he would find him, find one there, so I thought you might know someone. He said, you know, there's a young girl on a, sh on a stage play with Ivan Navarro. Now, I don't know the name of the play at this moment. Uh, she didn't come on to the second act mm -hmm. by the name of Vivian Lee, that I think would be just the right person. I went back and I mentioned to Mr. Howard, and he and Mrs. Howard went and saw the play, and the next day they got Mr. Corder to send for Vivian Lee to come out in a week or so to make some tests. Mm -hmm. And I understand that Vivian Lee was under contract to Mr. Corder all this time, and he didn't realize it mm -hmm. until after he made the test, mm -hmm. and she got the part. Uh, I remember she coming out and uh, with her husband and the young daughter, I think it was, to the studio. She was married to a barrister at the time. Mm -hmm. Beautiful woman. And she got this part as a lady-in-waiting. Wonderful to work with, beautiful to photograph. And uh, Sir Lawrence, it wasn't Sir Lawrence then, it was just uh, Larry, we call him. Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful cast we had with uh, Flora Robson was in it, Raymond Massey, and had wonderful actors there. They just these actors just played bit parts. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I admired uh, the 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 people were there. Uh, if the part was right for them, they didn't care whether it was just a small bit. Uh, they would be big stars on the mm -hmm. stage, but uh, they would come and play this little bit part. Mm -hmm to perfection. Oh, yeah. just wonderful. Uh, I meant to ask you a little bit about working with Victor Sjöström, too, before we got off that, that uh, foreign period there. Remember? Well, I, I, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Sjöström seemed to have some problems there because we changed cameraman and the, uh, the director that produced it, uh, 
can't remember his name now. He's an American producer, producing films over there for American, for either Fox or someone. Well, we'll find it later. Yes. Yeah. Um, we had the French actress. Uh, gee, I can't think her name. Annabella Lee. And the German actor, Conrad Veidt, mm -hmm. in the film. Uh, I don't remember anything really Particular. particularly about the film, although I, I, I remember that Mr. Sistrom was a very kind man. Uh, he was more like a school professor than a director. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and to look at him, you'd, you'd think he was a school professor mm -hmm. or college professor. Uh, very kind and very quiet in his way and in directing. Now let's go back to 1938 and you finished up the year with Comet over Broadway and in 39 you made They Made Me a Criminal, The Oklahoma Kid, Daughters Courageous, Dust Be My Destiny, on your toes. Those are all for Warners, weren't yes. they? Yes. I was Warners, yes, with the, uh, I think altogether about ten years I was Warners. Then I was loaned out for a film, I made Abe Lincoln, Illinois. Mm -hmm. I was, that was a loan out. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of 38, it was a, uh, 40, I finished my, no, 48, I think it was, end of 48, I'd finished my contract with Warner Brothers, oh, I see, yes. and that's when I went freelancing. Mm -hmm. uh, my first picture in freelancing, I see I did uh, I did another film on loan out. Was it? I think I can find it for you. No. Uh, Hangman also died. For the North Star. That's right. Uh, that no, that was af that wasn't a loan out. Uh, Hangman also died was my freelancing and North Star was freelancing and a picture at RKO called Mr. Blanding Builds a Dream House. Now I may be skipping around now. No, that's all right. And I did uh, uh, a Garfield picture. Body and Soul. Body and Soul. Mm -hmm. Dan, you did, uh, we're in 48, you did The Time of Your Life. Yes, with Jimmy Cagney, Time, that was uh, my freelancing, oh, Time right. of Your Life. You want to hold these sheets on these things up to 1956, if there's anything you want to especially right. mark on them. Right, uh, yes, because I, I think it wasn't too eventful uh, in those days, because... You getting too good. <laughs> uh, You've been getting too good. Time of Your Life. It wasn't too successful as a film. Really? We tried very hard on it. It was all in one set. Um, it was in the bar. I remember with a lot of mirrors in it. I had a difficult time uh, photographing that. Uh, I thought Cagney was very good in it, but I don't. The subject matter just didn't lend itself to screen. Uh, uh, a little bit too. On the stage, it was fine. Yes. William Soroyan, who is a very good friend of mine, uh, I remember he came over and we talked about it. He said, well, after I finish, uh, I think he said, it doesn't belong to me anymore and what people want to do with it. He said, that's their property now. Mm -hmm. uh, Interesting. Yes, and then I had a, kind of a, a slack spell and I, 
uh, did a, a, a met Samuel Fuller, who's unknown from the early days when he was a, a office boy in Long Island. He said, I'm going to do a picture called The Baron of Arizona. And he said, would you like to do it for me? I said, well, that's for Lippert. I said, I don't know whether they pay that kind of uh, salary. He said, well, oh, I think he says, if you do it for me, he said, I can arrange that. And uh, I, I think uh, he did. Uh, got me my salary only. I said, well, you know, I generally get a six to eight, ten-week guarantee. So well, I can't get you that. He said, I can get you three or four. And he said, I appreciate it if you do it for me. And I did the Baron Arizona form. I think we did it in 14 days. Mm -hmm. I was amazed I could do a picture in 14 days, although I had did some in, uh, did one nine days called today. Mm -hmm. uh, I even, I, I was surprised. One can do uh, sometimes under pressure, <laughs> but mostly it's by working long hours. Mm -hmm. Then I did uh, some, I did this Eagle and the Hawk for Paramount. Uh, these are Technicolor and Tripoli. Then uh, Robert Rawson wanted me to do the Bray Bulls for him. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Crosby had started it, and uh, uh, Mr. Rawson had to do a lot of uh, over and uh, wanted me to uh, the added stuff. So I did the Bray Bulls. What year was that, Jimmy? That That's 51 now. Yeah. And I remember in the, to get the bullfighting sequence, uh, we had many methods. Uh, we had barricades, we dug a whole pit in the bull ring where we could uh, raise the camera up with handheld cameras. When the bull would charge, we ducked down. But ducking down and the lid closing over, we didn't know where the bull was. We couldn't see. And he would be around there. So finally, we, we were afraid to open the lid. It was hot. And then we finally had to get telephone connections. But the most exciting film in the bullfight, Bray Bulls, made with a 16 millimeter camera tied onto a bullfighter. I had a harness made, mounted this little uh, 16 millimeter camera with, uh, you know, a uh, 100 foot magazine, a yeah. uh, 100 foot film, and with a little battery operated, and this bullfighter, uh, he wasn't a good one, because the good one, th was he wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. He thought beyond his dignity to yeah. have a harness tied on, have a bull charging him. But some of the Navarros in there, they call them the novice, they liked it. And they would get in there with this bull charging. Got some exciting films on that. Uh, then I made the, the Ran All the Way, uh, Behave Yourself. That was the first Jerry Wall picture, RKO. Uh, the Lady Says No, with Frank Ross. Then the fighter, Herbert Klein, who is a documentary filmmaker. Uh, now this is a, a really unusual. Herbert Klein is known for making documentary films in his earlier days. Mm -hmm. Now he wanted to be a feature film director. Mm -hmm. So he uh, got this uh, short story, developed it, Jack London called a fighter. No, it's called a Mexican at first. Change to the fighter, and I did that for him with Richard Conti. But uh, the only thing uh, exciting about that, uh, I couldn't repeat myself in the fight sequence. Although I did, uh, because of uh, the budget, they didn't, they couldn't afford to get a big audience. We couldn't go to 
hire uh, three, four hundred people, so we had only about forty people. And by using a wide-angle lens and placing the people right and shadows and lighting, I was to create with sound uh, uh, quite an uh, uh, interesting effect mm -hmm. of an audience mm -hmm. to create an illusion with forty people. Mm -hmm. Uh, these things I enjoyed very much, yeah. although I didn't enjoy the subject matter too well, but I enjoyed the challenging aspect of these uh, things. Uh, Main Street to Broadway was, uh, to me, it was one of the things I, I didn't enjoy much doing. I couldn't do very much there. Mm -hmm. Then we came to Rose Tattoo. Oh, I think before that, oh, that, oh, yes, you I did a picture called Go Man Go, the, the director? Oh, yes, I did Go Man Go. I directed Go Man Go. Uh, was that the only picture you ever directed? Yes, only t I enjoyed directing that. Yeah. It was made in New York. Uh, it was challenging in this, that not being a director, uh, then having a cameraman, especially a friend of mine, First two three days, it was difficult for me to get used to. <laughs> I finally I, I found my intrusion in his work. Bill Steiner was it's that. Bill Steiner, yeah. yes. Uh, but I did uh, was successful in getting some very good footage in the uh, games at the uh, at the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, What's, what do you call that big stadium back there? Madison Square Garden, that's right. Then uh, we didn't have time to get all the crowd reactions, so we went to Boston Gardens where the Globetrotter played, and I went up there to get some reaction shots of the crowd. Uh, they didn't react too well. Uh, I couldn't get them to stand up uh, <laughs> to clap and applaud and some act reaction, so I got the the band ma uh, leader to play the Star Spangled Banner and I got crowds <laughs> to, to stand up and after that they applaud and uh, the laughing shots, uh, uh, I got that all right. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, now we need a process work. Uh, when these uh, Globetrotters, of course they were traveling by a little cheap car, old broken down car. It was an old, I don't know, I forgot what the make it was. And, uh, but we didn't have process. In New, all of New York, we couldn't, we couldn't find process. Mm. It was only you could get it at the Long Island studio, and as the Army had it. Mm -hmm. So how was to do to get these shots, and these boys in this car, talking mm -hmm. with sound? So we went over to New Jersey someplace. I've forgotten exactly where. And I found a place uh, where there was some steepness and downgrade. Mm -hmm. And I got a huge truck. No, first I got the truck, that whole uh, automobile, and it was flat. And we took the body of this car and took off the wheels and put the body on it, and we had uh, room to right put right our right camera, right. you yeah. see. Now we had a diesel engine. Well, the diesel engine made more mo of noise than anything else. So finally then I said, well, we got to find a place where we can coast down. Mm -hmm. So we found some long stretches of uh, where we could coast down hill, <laughs> yeah. and that's how we got our process shots. They were real, you see. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't have a, a generator, because that made noise, so we got these newsreel battery lights. They'd only last so long, and uh, we got these lights. Uh, 
uh, use these battery lights to light up the people. How did it come out? came out fine. Very good. Uh, very good. Uh, these are the things that I enjoy a great deal in, in, in making motion picture, because now today there isn't very much uh, new in it, only we have the wide films now and the cinemascope and things like that, but the approach to the, our problems, the approach to to create, to get something when it's, uh, you don't really have when you're away from the studio. Uh, these are challenging things that comes out. There's great satisfaction in, in doing it, George. It's, uh, um, I'm always trying to find some way to approach the, for the different stories that I make. Uh, I don't want to go off the <laughs> thing now, because then I know, to get back onto this your credit, credit. 56, so you can see we're um, up to date. Uh, 55. I did uh, come back a little Sheba before I did Rose Tattoo. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did Picnic with uh, Mr. Josh Logan. I enjoyed that very much. I thought that was one of my best color jobs outside of some of the things I did in, in uh, Tom Sawyer. Mm -hmm. um, then the death of a scoundrel, uh, George Sanders. Um, uh, here's a film I made in uh, short schedule, I think 24 days, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I felt we had some very nice uh, photography in it. And there was another little film I did for two friends of mine, Barney Gerard, Ida Lupino, and um, Howard Duff. Uh, we went up to Santa Barbara, and they found a house, and we did this whole film, the interiors, in this house, and around this house. Mm -hmm. um, short schedule? Short schedule. Um, these short schedule films were very interesting, especially for me. I hadn't done a great m number of them, and uh, I, I found a lot of fun in doing it. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Uh, it, it did, I didn't slough on them. I, I did it like I would do uh, the tension, uh, like I would do a, a big film. Mm -hmm. The only thing is the long hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, uh, to photograph uh, uh, with the incandescent lights, uh, with just light bulbs, and uh, it was uh, to find a new way uh, of uh, photographing this uh, films in its actual location in the rooms. Mm -hmm. Uh, we can't take out walls, so that uh, we had to confine ourselves to certain angles. But in this confinement uh, comes out uh, a, 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 a wonderful feeling that you're actually there, mm -hmm. uh, much more than sometimes we are in the studio. Mm -hmm. We fall into a kind of a, a habit, uh, a, a, what we call a, well, it's really a formula because we have to keep up schedules. Yeah. After all, this is a business. But in doing that, we sometimes lose a certain dramatic feeling mm -hmm. uh, that we could get better in the actual place. Uh, now, I just, uh, I think it uh, brings me up to date now, the Rose <laughs> Tattoo. I'm just, I finished the film called uh, Book, Bell, Book, and Candle, yes. uh, with Richard Quine directing. Julian Blaustein produced it. 
Mr. Daniel Teradish. Picture we have Jimmy Stewart, Kim Novak, uh, Ernest Kovac, Jack Lemon, Elsa Lancaster, and Hermine Gingo. Yeah. That's a story about witchery. We tried uh, some color in that. Uh, we had Mr. Ellisoffen from Life Magazine came out as a color consultant. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we got some nice effect. Um, I hope that we didn't overdo. Uh, we got too enthusiastic with the color. That's the danger. Uh, that we don't get a good hold on it. And there's so many minds sometimes that enters. We have the producer, we have the writer, we have the director, now we have the color consultants. And, and um, it's hard for a cameraman, a photographer, to keep his own identity mm -hmm. uh, without, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you just getting lost. Getting in lost. In this. And I'm quite sure that in this film, how much as I enjoyed working on it, that there are many things in it that I personally uh, found that I would have done differently mm -hmm. if I had more control. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, however, they, <coughs> they, they, they can be good. But uh, uh, I like color, but we must have more control of color. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the only we can get the control is in the preparation, in the designing, in working closer with the art director. Uh, now, after the art director gets through with it, uh, we can do many things with the lights. But if we, I don't like to work too much with uh, uh, jelly uh, gelatins. Uh, I like to get the colors planned ahead of time mm -hmm. with the art director. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I, but black and white is a harder medium, for me at least. Mm -hmm. It's more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, Do you find it more satisfying? It is more satisfying, because yeah. um, you can make the audience furnish their own color, values rather. Than, uh, I like black and white. I, I am very disappointed uh, that in this last uh, Academy, uh, that they voted out the Oscar for black and white. I hope that they will see themselves to the committee there now. I got a letter just the other day that uh, I haven't answered it yet, which I'm going to the next day or two. I got to answer that about uh, they want to put back the, felt that should put back the uh, black, and white. black and white credit because it's quite a, it's a different uh, technique, no, different medium. The black and white and color. Mm -hmm. And they both have their place yes. in, in, in the television motion picture, George. Um, and I enjoy both of them, but if you would say, well, which would you prefer? I would say I would prefer black and white. That's very interesting. I really, uh, sometimes I look at color, I say, gee, that'd be beautiful in color. It is. It becomes too beautiful sometimes. Yes. A little it's distraction. A little distraction. Uh, that is because, uh, technically, I don't think we got the color just 
the way it should be yet, and the, with the lights, and then with the developing, even though they have good color control, temperature control, it varies a little mm. in, the, in the development. And there have been some very nice films done in color, uh, but uh, like Black Narcissus and, and uh, some of our films have been very well. I, I, I thought that uh, uh, John Huston, under his influence, uh, he did some wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Moby Dick. Moby Dick, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. and also in Moulin Rouge. Yes, and I'm, I, and I'm, I look forward in the future. There's going to be more and more now, but it, it, it's a, it's a work not only of the photographer, but it's a, it's a, it's a work of the effort of the director and the set designer and the photographer mm -hmm. together. And but it's you must sit down and uh, talk these things out and plan them out. I think the results of that, the minds together with understanding, mm -hmm. closely working together, can uh, bring some uh, wonderful uh, color results. And even black and white, I look for some interesting things mm -hmm. in the future. Very good. I understand that Mr. William Miller, now doing Anne, uh, Dyer and Frank, is quite a challenging subject, and I look forward for him to come forward with. Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, we unfortunately lost Greg Tolan when he was quite young, and in his uh, uh, work, uh, admired man and his work very, very much. I felt we had a great loss in losing Greg Tolan. He's a man with great courage in his uh, in his uh, work. Citizen King was certainly revolutionary. Yes, in that yes. And, and in all, he did a lot of uh, some wonderful work in that. And uh, yeah, Grapes of Wrath. Oh, yes. You know, those and Citizen King, those films will be always looked back upon as great piece of work. Not only photographically, but uh, yeah, great, great film telling, uh, great movie making, rather. So, George, I guess. Uh, now this since 19 what latter part 1917 to 1958 uh, it's about what uh, 40, 41 years, 41 years. Uh, it's been wonderful 41 years i've seen quite a, a number of changes and i'm going to look forward to see some more changes in this industry uh, uh, in the technical end I always felt that the technical end uh, had advanced uh, more than any other uh, department. But the technique, mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 uh, not only in sound, but in, in, in laboratory and chemical, uh, uh, chemistry and optics, and the, uh, uh, it had opened the, the, the channels where the writers could just say we want uh, uh, this and we want that, and then it can happen through the technical end of the, mm -hmm. the business. Yeah. Uh, you say, uh, like in the Invisible Man, we want this man's head. They want to unwrap it. We don't see the head. You see, we're going to see more work done in with the uh, ultraviolet lights, and they're going to be wonderful things. Uh, they talk about 
kind of downbeat now in Hollywood since there's a little recession, but I'm quite sure that if you go into any other industry, you go to the automobile industry, I'm quite sure they feel the effect of this. Yeah. It's, uh, we, uh, this is uh, things that happens after certain periods in our history, uh, uh, after things and uh, wars and it's the recession, but uh, gosh, we have a wonderful country here and we have the talent, we have all the, uh, the scientific, technical facilities. This is only temporarily. I, I, I think that uh, we have better films, bigger films, I'm quite sure, and with TV, I'm quite sure TV will advance. And I think uh, for people that are in our, uh, our, our business, in the, in the business of making entertainment through uh, uh, projection or film, mm -hmm. I, we have a great future to look forward to. And I'm very, very happy to be talking to you today, and I'm very, very happy to be in this uh, work that I'm in. I'm very fortunate. Uh, it's hard sometimes, but I enjoy it very, very much. And George, I want to thank you very much for asking me to come up here today and talk with you. This is the longest talk I've had in my whole career. <laughs> I enjoy it very much. Thank you, Jimmy Howe, for giving so generously of your time to make this long and excellent tape. Now, I